This is Austin Youngquist. He's going to share with us for a brief moment. He's got a video, and he's going to roll that first, guys. Um, I'm excited to hear what you're going to tell us because Pastor was referring to you as a Christian Indiana Jones. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to hear this, so we're going to let Austin go first. All right? So the video? Hi, my name is Austin Youngquist, and I'm an explorer here in Wilkes County. Seven years ago, I was blessed with an opportunity to join an archaeological dig beneath the old city of Jerusalem thanks largely to support from friends, family, and local businesses. We excavated at two sites in the lower portion of Zedekiah's cave, also known as King Solomon's quarries, and were able to discover artifacts dating back to the Byzantine and early Islamic periods, as early as 325 AD. Today, I have another opportunity. The caves at Qumran in Israel, near the northwestern shore of the Dead Sea, just south of Jericho, hold 2,000-year-old secrets. One fateful day in 1947, a young Bedouin shepherd stumbled across the first of what are known as the Dead Sea Scrolls, which triggered an extraordinary search for more of these treasures over the following decades. Called the greatest archaeological find of the 20th century by the famous archaeologist William Albright, the Dead Sea Scrolls include the oldest known copies of biblical manuscript. Finally, after years of searching for more scrolls, the hunt officially ended. However, through the help of a professor at Liberty University, Dr. Randall Price, and volunteers including a personal friend of mine, a new Dead Sea Scrolls cave was found last year. This is the first discovery of this kind in more than 60 years. They conducted another productive dig earlier this year, so Israel's Operation Scroll is now buzzing with excitement. I've been invited to join a small team on an archaeological dig in two separate caves this January. To learn more about this expedition and how you can be a part of it, Join me for a Q&A presentation where you will be able to see and handle artifacts brought back from my 2011 dig in Jerusalem. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Um, so, as I mentioned in the video, uh, I've been invited to go back to Israel for another archaeological dig, this time in Qumran, and we'll be looking for more Dead Sea Scrolls, um, which, like, like the video says, um, they include the, the oldest copies of known um, of biblical manuscript, uh, several books of the Bible. In fact, I believe there's a, a fragment of every book except for Esther. And uh, there are other writings as well. Um, there are um, portions of the Book of Enoch, as I understand it. And uh, anyway, this is an exciting dig. We, we're, we'll be looking through two different caves, and uh, of course it, it could be we, we find world-shattering news, and it could be that we find nothing. <laughs> Either way, it will be an adventure, and um, the team I'm going with have just been featured on the cover story of National Geographic, uh, the December issue, so it's a, it's a privilege to be joining them, and uh, what I'm wanting to do is actually involve and sort of immerse everyone in this community and as many people as are interested, um, I'm going to be planning to bring a 360 camera and a GoPro and the idea is even using VR, people will be able to essentially be in the cave with me. So hopefully it'll work and a, a lot of it is confidential so <laughs> I don't know how much I can share but um, I'll, I'll be sharing about as much as I can. So um, there will be kind of a setup outside. I have artifacts so after the service I'll be kind of sharing maybe more one-on-one, -on -one. and uh, 
Also, there will be a Q&A presentation at Hinshaw Street Baptist Church, actually, on the 2nd, uh, which is a Wednesday night at 7. So, anyway, hopefully I'll get to talk with you guys each outside, and um, I'll hand the mic back to you. Thank you. Well, here's what I, there are five things that I wrote down, and then I'm going to go to Luke. Okay, you with me? This is just like a family time. I know we have a lot of people watching, but it's you too. Wherever you live, we have people all over that somehow are a part of the gathering family. And we're grateful for all of them. All of you guys, some of you are trying to move here, and, and you just can't. Well, just trust God, but the time will be if it's to be. God will make a way where there seems to be no way, because we hear about the stories. But anyway, here, here's, the things are, this is going to be a year, here's what I hear, of reaping what has been sown. Reaping what has been sown. What does that mean? Harvest. Now the harvest is the reaping of everything that's been sown, both good and evil, right? So there's going to be some reaping of some evil in the land. I mean, it's, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that he shall also reap. Whatsoever a nation sows, he's also going to reap. But for the church, I believe it's going to be, you also reap good things. So there are five things I felt like God was saying that we're going to reap this year. And because Andre will be here, you're going to love Andre. If you've never heard Andre from the Ukraine, he's a fiery, he's like a Reinhard Bonnke of the Ukraine in my book. He really is. He's a fiery young man. And it was God that we meet him and connect with him. And every year he does a conference at Ridgecrest. And so he's available, so we grab him. And uh, then he'll go do, his, do the conference with thousands of Slavic people from all over the earth, getting filled with the fire of God. I'm telling you, it's an amazing week they spend over it in, uh, at Ridgecrest. But anyway, five things. Number one, it's going to be a year of breakthrough or reaping for the things we prayed for. You know, I am so thankful... And it's no small thing. Jesus did not say that his house would be a house of teaching or preaching. Now, it is part of that. Because if you love him, you're going to feed the sheep and we're going to teach the word and preach the word. But neither is, is it to be solely a house of worship, though God's looking for worshipers. What did he say about the church? My house shall be a house of prayer for all nations. That's why we've got this presidential prayer watch. To me, it's amazing that God chose us you know, to carry that. We're going to carry it the best we can. They knock some of us off, others are going to rise up to carry it. We're just going to carry it to the end. Whatever we're going to do, we're going to have to do. But this is going to be a year of breakthrough for prayer, things we pray for. Secondly, things we've labored for. Now, you know the word work is not a bad word. How many of you know that? In America today, there's a millennial generation now. There are many believers like our millennials. They're not going where the majority are going. They're the minority. They're the remnant. But there's some that have bought the lie that you don't have to work. You know, you can just trust Uncle Sam to provide it all. But how many of you know that's not usually the way it happens? Eventually, Uncle Sam runs out of money. And so you have to labor. You don't work. Eventually, you won't eat. You know, that's the, it's in the Bible. You know, the, who else is going to tell the church or tell the nation? The government? No, they're not going to say anything because the people voting for them are the people that's being supported. The Scripture says if you don't work, you don't eat. You know, now there are those, obviously, that we want to help. The downtrodden, the poor. The poor you're going to have always with you. And the widow and all these things. 
We understand there's a balance, but it's going to be a year of things we labored for. My daughter is going to go into labor in, all, in, uh, in February. I'm going to get to be a grandpa. Now that to me is an amazing thing. On that Sunday after I'm a grandpa, I'm going to, you're going to, I'm going to have a big smile on my face. Because I get a grandpa. I've heard people tell me it's awesome. Isn't it awesome? They say if they'd have known it, you know, they'd have had the grandchildren first, you know, but they'd known how awesome it is. But it's going to be a year of things we labor. Things we believe for. We're going to be reaping the things we believe for. Now, if you're like me, there are times you say, God, I believe, but help my unbelief. How many of you are like that? Anybody else honest? You believe, but there's part of you... It's hard to believe because you've seen just the opposite all your life or whatever, you know. It's the only thing you see around you. But anyway, God's going to help us, things we believe for. And then, number four, things we waited for. Waited. Waiting is not a bad thing either. You know, laboring. But also waiting. Those who wait upon the Lord are going to renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not go weary. They will walk and not faint, Right? And Isaiah 64 says, those, he acts for the ones who wait upon him. God will act on those who wait, who trust, who believe, who will not let go of the promise that he's given them. And then things we've been made for. Things you've been made for. This is a year of reaping of the things you've been made for. Hey, Joseph, do you know that your name was written in his book way before you were thought of by your mom and dad? All your days were numbered, written in his book. The scripture says we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God planned beforehand that we should walk in them. This is a year. Now, now you know, so we're all going through a process, but we're going to begin to walk into things we've been created for. Can I just prophesy that over you? You're going to walk into things you've been created for. Now, some of you are going to really walk into things. Others, you're going to walk in a little bit. God is not a God that just... He's not an instant God. This is a journey we're on. But you're going to walk to a large degree of the things you've been made for. And then the things we've been contending for. We're going to reap the things we've been contending for. What have we been contending for? Well, Jude says we're to contend for the faith, which has been once and for all delivered. And how many of you know there is an assault on the real faith? You know, Bobby reminds us when he shows up, Bobby Connor, he was here last week. You know, let me tell you, he just touched the surface. There, false doctrines abound in this hour. You know, the hyper grace is just one thing. There are multitudes of false doctrines. And so as the believers, we have to contend for the faith that was once and for all delivered to the saints. You're not going to be popular in some circles. So be it. That's not the goal, to be popular. The goal is to be faithful. When you stand before him, he's not going to say, well done, good and popular servant. No, he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You know, I'm going to stand before him one day, and you are too. And then we've been contending in this presidential prayer watch, contending for the president. And sometimes he's hard to contend. He's just a man. You know what I mean? He makes mistakes. Thank God. He's supposed to. That's why we, he said, pray for those in authority. It's not an option. And then we're contending for the lost. On Thursday nights, and I, we've shared this, but we often pray. When we, Thursday night, I mean, we have prayer all the time. 
Now, we're going to take a two-week break, the holidays, but you got, we need your help when we get started back. Join in on one of the prayer sessions Every day, prayer's going on. But on Thursday night, we pray for the lost. And we've been praying, and I'm not going to let it go. I ain't going to let it go. We pray, God, make it impossible that anybody that lives in Wilkes County, North Carolina, will go to hell. Why not ask Him for stuff like that? You have not because you ask not. And God does abundantly, exceedingly above all that you ask or think. And it's God's will that none should perish. So we have plenty of Scripture to back it up. So I'm just going to believe that, you know, wouldn't it be something? We got to heaven one day and, every, and, the, and everybody in Wilkes County got saved. Wouldn't it be incredible? Listen, guys, it's the time to believe for big stuff. The harvest. He's the Lord of the harvest. He's more concerned about the harvest than you and me. And we've been contending for healing, for deliverance, for the sick, for marriages, for miracles. We're not going to stop. We stay on, and then we're contending for revival across the land. Amen. Amen. We're just going to keep on doing that. It's going to be a year. The Lord said, I will not be mocked. Whatsoever a man or woman sows, that he shall also reap. But the key is, there's a due season. Remember, you will reap in due season if you do not faint. Don't grow weary in well-doing. How many of you know what well-doing is? Well, what's well-doing? Doing well is one thing. But it means doing what God has shown you to do until He shows you to do something else. And sometimes, you know, we're always wanting the new thing. God, give me the new thing. I want the new, shiny, glittering thing. No, you do the thing He told you to do. It may not be as glittering and glamorous anymore. But if God said do it, it's still important. It's still thus saith the Lord. Does that make sense? You know, we want the new thing because, you know, He's a God of the new. You know, His mercies are new every morning and all of that. But we want, don't want to live. Where's that scripture? Was it in Acts or somewhere? They always wanted to know something new. How many of you remember that? You can look it up. It's there. I'm not making this up. It's in the scripture. There was a group of people. They always wanted to know about something new. So they would run here or there trying to find the newest thing. You can run your whole life trying to find. Let me tell you, His mercies are new, but the gospel is rock solid. It's, he's the ancient of days as well as all things new. And uh, His truth endures forever. You guys say amen or I'm going to say amen or something. I hadn't even got to the message, but the message is real short. So anyway, I want to give you a brief, a brief you know, preview of the year. Because I don't know what's going to happen in two weeks. I thought, Lord, maybe I could just hang on for two weeks. Andre will be here next week. I'll be speaking on the 6th. This is a different hour in which we're living. It's not the same. It, it ain't going to be the same. Can I just get you, let you in on one more thing? Remember. Say everything. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Everything. Governments, you know, relationships. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Who's the one doing the shaking? God. People blame the devil. Had none to do. The devil has, he doesn't have that much power. God, and I, he says, I will shake. I will shake. 
So that, and then we know in Hebrews, so that the things which are made will be removed. But the things that God has initiated are going to endure forever. Amen. I know you guys, you're saying, man, why are you preaching stuff like that on the day before Christmas Eve? Why can't you just talk about how much God loves me? He does love you. It's a never-ending radical. They were singing about that this morning. His never-ending, what's the words of that song? Reckless, everlasting, you name all the words you can keep naming. Love of God. God loves you. Nothing, neither height, nor depth, nor principality, nor power, nor things present, nor things to come. Nothing in heaven, on earth, whatever, shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now look over in Luke chapter 2. Let me read the story. I'm going to point out about six things and then we'll go have lunch. And, and um, my kids are coming for a little while on Sunday or Tuesday. It's different when they move away. I liked it better when they were around. You know what I mean? How many of you liked it too? You know, I like having Christmas with kids. I'll never forget Josh and Emily walking around the corner when we lived in Mississippi and their eyes would light up. They didn't care. They didn't care what was there. They just were, they lit up. Now, there was some complaining, but <laughs> mostly by me. No, 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 it wasn't by me. No, 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 no complaining. We're not going to complain. Doesn't do any good. Don't murmur. That's a word for somebody. Don't murmur. It's not going to help. Murmuring doesn't help. Oh, ye of little faith. So this is the encouragement part. Be men and women of great faith, okay? Don't murmur. Trust God. Trust Him with all your heart. You say, well, I don't understand what I'm going through. Good. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't even lean into your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. Amen. Okay, Luke chapter 2, verse 4. So anyway, Christ is born of Mary. Joseph went up. From Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David. Because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife. Verse 7, And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds, living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Now let me just give you a little... Just help us here. The shepherds basically were doing what they were called to do. They were living in the now. They were just living by what God had called them to do. You know, not necessarily looking for any bright lights. They weren't looking for anything new. They were just being faithful shepherds. Well done, good and faithful shepherds, living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. But God is a God of surprises. So all of a sudden, in verse 9, And behold... Behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And we've said before, when the glory of the Lord really shows up to the degree that we are believing for, it's not going to be jumping and shouting and clapping, and it's going to be falling on our face, a little bit of fear, you know. But then every time there's fear, you hear, fear not, fear not. All through the Scripture, you can see that as you read. Then the angel said to them, Do not fear, fear not, for behold, 
I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Now that some say is translated Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace toward men of good will. You know, because the, there's no peace for the wicked. If you reject Him, you're not going to walk in peace. But the, those who put their trust in Him, they're going to walk in peace. It's not a peace like the world gives. It's the peace that He gives. And so it was when the angel had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. And Mary kept them in her heart and pondered them. Verse 20, Then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen just as it was told them. Now, you know, we've heard concerning the wise men, the wise men. You know, wise men still seek Him, right? All of us have still heard that. But there's something we need to learn from the shepherds. And I want to just throw these out and then just pray for a fresh anointing. Pray for strength. You know, there's folks sitting in this room right now that are going through battles that no one else knows about. Only God. They and God. You know, there's struggles. There's sickness with family members. We know some. You know, there are things going on. Threats, loss of employment. I don't know all the things that can happen. But I'm going to pray that God would strengthen the saints, fill us with great faith today. Because I'm telling you, there's a gospel, there's a good, there's a God that's on the throne. Jesus is ruling and reigning. Just like you said, He's no longer. In fact, He's no longer there. They took Him out. He was. We had a baby there. Where did, who, who took the baby? No, He's gone. They had a baby. They really did have a little baby there. Maybe He is there. Oh, He's covered up. He's covered up. Okay, forgive me. But anyway... You know, he's really not there. He's really reigning and ruling. He's been raised from the dead. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he's roaring through the church of the Most High God. So anyway, here's what, what I got from this, from the, the shepherds that we need to learn from. I think number one, they had to go. They had to go and see. They had to get out of their comfort zone. Now, they went to Bethlehem. And, you know, I was thinking about this that Jill put up. Jill doesn't do things just by the fly of the night or spur of the moment. This is a prophetic thing here. The city of Bethlehem. Maybe you know that. If you know Jill, you know that. Now they went to Bethlehem, the house of bread, the city of David. That is the place where Jesus was born. Maybe it was uh, to some an insignificant place. But you know, there's a lot of folks that believe Moravia Falls is a little bit insignificant. And they look at you and me, they think... You're a little bit insignificant as well. But I'm telling you, there's prophetic destiny on this place. That's why she put that up there. We got a little bit in common with Bethlehem. You folks that have moved to Moravian, now the folks that have left, 
Maybe God sent you. Maybe you were run out. I don't know the story. But I'm telling you, those that are in Moravian Falls, you're called to this place for purpose. You may live on the, you know, on the fringes in Wilkesboro, I don't know, North Wilkesboro, Mississippi, Virginia. We have people that are part of this family. They live all over. But I'm telling you, there's prophetic destiny on this place. And we're going to see, thus saith the Lord, fulfilled. 2019, we're going to reap what has been sown if we faint not. How many of you are not going to faint? We ain't going to faint. It's not going to happen. I've been here over 10 years. This is our 10 and a half year. We're going on the 11th year. We ain't fainting. If we've not fainted by now, we're not going to faint. It's just not going to happen because when I start to faint or I get weary, I remember a prophetic word that was spoken over me when I was a young pastor. And that lady showed up and she looked at me and she said, Son, you will never be a dripless candle. Remember I told you that. And I, I didn't know what it meant it, for a long time. A dripless candle. It sounds really nice. And then it hit me. Oh, it, the fire will never go out. And it had never go out, and it's not going out, as long as I stay close to the flame. Now, you get out on your own, the enemy can blow your flame out. I mean, if you know that. You know what the devil's main job is, to put out fires. Fire, churches catch fire. There are many that will show up, try to put it out, put, extinguish that fire. Listen, he ain't putting this fire out. There's a fire burning in these hills. You guys, I'm, listen, we we got to stand on what's been spoken over this place and we got to contend for the word of the Lord and not back down. Amen. Promises doesn't just happen because somebody showed up and spoke them. They happen because you heard the word, you received the word, and then you you went through the wilderness and found that God was faithful. How many of you know that? Every word of God has been tested. The prophecies over your life, they've been tested. You say, well, I'm not in a test right now. Hang on. They will come. But the tests are not to pass or fail. The tests are to show you how great your God is. That He's faithful to the end. That what He began, He's going to complete until the day of Christ Jesus. we got to learn to go. Say, I've got to go. Got to get out of your comfort zone and just be willing to wherever He leads, I'll go. Wherever He leads, whatever He says. Well, I'm just going to do it. You know, Jesus, the Gospels, there are two great commands. You know the first one? Come unto me. What's the second one? Go into all the world. It's going to be that way. You come to Him, come unto me. We can come daily. Come unto me, all you that are labored and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. But it's not so you can just enjoy. You know, God fills us up so we can be spilt out in a world that's desperate and needy. For him in this hour. How many of you know America is going to be more desperate and needy in the coming hours? I don't know how long all of this is going to take. I don't know. I'm not trying to. I don't know the future. All I know who holds it. And I know what God says. And I know that both darkness and light are coming at the same time. Darkness is coming to the world and deep darkness to the people. But behold, the glory of the Lord shall arise over you. And we've been called to let our little light shine. Not just under a bushel. Not under a bed where it's hidden, but let it shine so that they'll see our good works and give God great glory. So we got to go. Secondly, they got their revelation. It said, that which had been made known to them. You know, God is the one that defines our calling. I want to speak a word. Most of the people that come to this church have some kind of a calling. 
from God. They, in fact, I believe everybody does. We're, you know, the greatest calling is to be a son or daughter of God. But there are many God is raising up to be prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, missionaries. You know, I don't know everything. You name it. And we have to get our calling from Him. Paul went up, not because men sent him, but God sent him. He went by revelation. Remember in the book of Galatians, I want to challenge you to study that. Over in Galatians chapter 1, you know, he, he was, God was dealing with him. He didn't in, initially run to man to see what man was saying. He went to God. He went to Arabia. He went to the desert to spend time with God. One time someone told me, said, you need to tell me what I'm called to do. And I wanted to be able to do that. I really, I said, man, I want to be able, I'd love to be able to tell you what you're called to do. But nobody told me what I was called to do. And if I tell you what you're called to do, I might or might not be right. But even if I was right, when the storms come, you're going you're gonna to go through that storm based on what I said rather than on what God said. You hear from God, you can go through hell or high water. You'll stand when it's all said and done. And I just want to challenge you with that. Listen, God, let God de- define your calling and your purpose. Now, men will confirm when we ordain, we recognize when we confirm that. But I believe we got to hear, get our directions from heaven. I'm, I'm, here's a prophetic word. If you will go into this new year on your knees, you're going to get a fresh set of blueprints and direction for this year for your individual life. Okay, I just had a flashback. That's, this is what I, I believe is the Lord. But before I met Shirley, every New Year's Eve for a time, I told you I tried to date girls and it was a disaster. God was keeping me, keeping her I went for a few years arguing with God. Why didn't you give me a wife? What are you doing here? Are you, you for me or you're against me? I'm just telling you that's how I felt. You know, one time I threw my Bible at God. I told you that, right? I was reading in, the, in there how those who put their you know, trust in Him he'll, will lack no good thing. And he ever, whoever finds a wife has found a good thing. I read that. I said, God, you hadn't given me that good thing. And I threw my Bible at Him. Now, He ducked. He mi- I missed it. But no, I really literally did that. But then I went and picked it up off the floor. And I repented. God, I'm so sorry. But I'm just being honest. You know, it's better to be honest with God. He knew what was in my heart. I wasn't a happy camper. I was a pastor of a church without a wife. What was this, God? What are you doing trying to kill me? Then I realized, yes, he was. Die to yourself. Die. Somebody spoke this morning. There's been a new breed of Christian God's going to raise up. They're called the CCC Christian. Cross-carrying Christians. Unashamedly carrying their cross. You know, He bore our cross, but we also are to follow Him. Take up our cross. I don't know why I told you all that story. Why did I tell you all that story? Oh, he's going to, oh, that's what happened. Thank you, Shirley. I'm so glad I have a wife now because then, you know, she can remind me. But anyway, every New Year's Eve during those single days, I would get on my knees at five minutes till midnight. I was by myself most of the time because where I pastored, 
Believe me, you couldn't even find the church where I'm pastoring at that time in West Virginia. I promise you, I'll make a bet. You find that church, I'm not going to make a bet. But anyway, you ain't going to find it. It's in the middle of nowhere. Nowhere. Silent Grove Baptist Church. Nowhere, West Virginia. There were no girls. Nothing. There were very few people. One stoplight. And we had an IGA grocery store in those days. They now have something a little bit bigger. But the IGA, you had to get there first because it was going to run out of whatever it was you wanted. I'm telling you, it was an experience. But anyway, everyone, for those few years, I would get on my knees and I'd enter in to that new year on my knees. I'm going to challenge you. Some of you can do that. I'm doing it this year. I'm going back because it's been a number of years. We hadn't done that. We've been with family. I'm, going, I'm getting on my knees. You can join me. Will you join me? We'll do it together. It's a together thing. Just get on your knees. God, I ain't, I ain't, first of all, I'm not going into 2019 without you. But secondly, I know I'm not going without you because you promised you would go with me and you would go before me. And God, I give you this year. I give you my life. I give you all that I have, all that I think I need. God, I'm giving to you. I'm trusting you. I'm going into this year. And I thank you, God, this is going to be a year where I'm going to reap what has been sown. And if you'll do that, I'm telling you, God's going to be faithful. The third thing about the shepherds, they came with haste. You know, much of the gospel that's being presented today in America has lost that sense of urgency. We've got to get it back. That urgency, urgency about the gospel. The urgency about the hour in which we're living. Maybe that's why I woke up this morning, not only because God kept waking me up, but I had to do that presidential prayer watch update regardless of what day it is. I had to do it. There was an urgency. But I remember when I first started out, and I think I've shared this with you guys because you got many of you are going to go into ministry. But every time I would preach, and I still do, sometimes I forget over the years, been around a lot of years now. But I would pray, God, let me preach today as if it's the last time I'm ever going to preach. Because one day it's going to be. And then secondly, Lord, let me preach today as if it's the last time someone will ever hear the gospel. Because it will be. The good chance. And then, God, let me preach as if it's your voice that the people hear and not my own. And I, I prayed that over and over again. I want to challenge you with that. We've got to have that urgency. There are some doors that only remain open for a short time. And we've got to move. We can't be complacent. Proverbs 1, for the turning away of the simple will slay them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will dwell safely and be secure without fear of evil. Zephaniah, and it shall come to pass at that time that I will search Jerusalem with lamps and punish the men or women who are settled in complacency. Say complacency. That's the enemy of urgency. And we want to slay complacency and pray, God, give us that sense of urgency. And then the next thing about the shepherd is they made known, they revealed what had been made known to them. And they did this widely. They widely made it known. Listen, God wants to restore our urgency in sharing what's been revealed to us. Freely we've received, freely we're to do what? We're to give. If you want more, give what He's given you away. And you'll have more. You'll have an abundance. Because to those who have, you'll give more. 
But to those who do not have, even what they have will be taken away from them. And we're to be those that give. So God so loved the world that he gave. You know, that's going to be our trademark, our hallmark. And then they spoke concerning the child. What America needs to hear most in this hour is not about us. It's about him. About him. I want to speak more about him. I know we share testimonies and illustrations about ourselves, and it helps relate. But the focus of our message is not about who we are. It's about who he is. If we'll lift him up, he'll draw all men unto himself. And I believe we're going to do that. And then there's a lot I'm going to just skip through. But then in verse 18, like the shepherds, what God wants to do through us will make the world marvel. Marvel means to wonder, to have a wonder, a sense of wonder or astonishment. Can I just tell you this? One more time before this thing's all wrapped up. One more time. America's going to experience it. I don't know how widespread it's going to be. I don't know. If it was up to me, it'd sweep across the whole nation from sea to shining sea. That's what we're going for. That's the vision. But I don't know. But I know one more time this nation is going to be shaken by the power of God. With the gospel. Men are going to be raised up. Women are going to be raised up. That preach the gospel of the kingdom with authority and conviction and power. And one more time, America is going to know that there's a God that is real, living and ruling and reigning over the United States. One more time. And we're going to be right on time because we ain't backing up till it happens. Amen. What do you think you're getting ready for? The mold, you know, doldrums, nothing. Listen, you've been created for such a time as this. You've been going through stuff to get you ready and ripe. Some of you are saying, Wyatt, listen, what I've been going through, it's about... When's it, when's it going to stop? Probably never. Probably never. I don't know that the battles are ever going to stop in this life. But the greater the battles, the greater the victories. The greater the demons, the greater the power. I'm telling you, lower levels, lower power. Higher levels of devils, higher levels of power. How many of you want the higher levels of power? I'm telling you. But you'll find a greater authority than you've ever walked in. God wants to give it to you. He wants to show you that He's faithful. Greater is He. This is, this is a year you're going to discover again, greater is He that's in us than He that's in this world. And then the last thing, finally, the shepherds returned, glorifying God, praising God for what they'd seen and what they'd heard and what was fulfilled exactly as it had been told them. That's the key. It all was fulfilled exactly as they had been foretold. And so they had every reason to shout and to holler and to praise and to give glory. And we're going to have every reason in this hour to give Him glory. Now, worship is on the upswing here. Have you noticed? It's getting better. I agree with Haley. Sometimes you've got to fight. Sometimes you don't feel like singing. You don't feel like opening your mouth. That's why he said, you know, we bring the sacrifice of praise. Sometimes praise is a sacrifice. You ever felt that way? God, I don't feel like praising you. Everything's going, you know what I mean, haywire. But you offer the sacrifice because you trust Him. And you believe in Him. God will, God has a way of making sense out of things that seem so out of place, out of the norm. He turns things around. But I'm telling you, the greatest praise and worship is coming 
to the gathering in, Nor- in Moravian Falls and, may- and I believe many other places. But there are going to be days they are going to come. We, we are not going to but help. You, ain't, you don't have to call people up in the front. There's coming a time people are going to run to the front because they want to shout. They want to give Him glory. They want to praise and marvel because everything is being fulfilled just as He told them they would be fulfilled. And we thank You for that, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank You for bearing with me. Now I want to pray that God will release faith, courage, hope. Some of you need a little... You need more than an ounce of hope. You need a whole gallon. But our God's got it all. The grace is sufficient. His, sufficient means more than just getting by. It's more than what you need. Lord, I pray right now for everyone in this room that, God, you would release, I pray, fresh strength, fresh grace, fresh anointing. Lord, between now and And the end of this year, God, I pray that everyone under the sound of my voice would have that time, that encounter with you. I ask you, God, for the blueprints for 2019. Lord, some of them are going to literally do what I challenge them to do. They're going to be on their knees when that clock strikes midnight. And God, I thank you. You're going to be faithful to show them. It may happen then, may happen before, may happen five minutes after, maybe in the night, the days. I don't know. But I thank you. You're going to reveal blueprints. You're going to reveal the will of God. Lord, we agree. Let your will be done. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Lord, I ask you now just to touch people and encourage them. and Give them, Lord, that hope that passes understanding. Lord, we bless you. We honor you. And we thank you, God for this season that we're living. Lord, I thank you for the callings of God that are in this room. I thank you, Lord, for the faith people are going to rise up in, in this hour. Lord, I thank you for the patriarchs. There's a generation of fathers that are on the rise that are going to father others in the purposes of God. Lord, I thank you there are fathers in this room. They're going to rise up this year and their heart's going to be turned to the children. And I bless you, God. And I bless you and I praise you. I honor you. Lord, I thank you for... Lord, we have... There's folks that... God, they just need... They just need you to know you're with them. And I thank you. You are what this season is all about. Emmanuel. And I ask you to give them a fresh revelation of Emmanuel, God with us. In Jesus' name. And just before we go, if there's someone here, you say, I don't know this Jesus you're talking about. I want to know Him. The Holy Spirit is convicting me. Right now there's something going on. I want to know that I know that I'm right with Him. If I was to die this day, that I would go, I would spend eternity in heaven. And uh, we just want to pray for you. I believe there are people that are watching right now. And the Holy Spirit is convicting you. You can't just come to Jesus when you want to. You come when the Father draws you. There's the drawing and the convicting. And then we say yes, we yield to Him. And so we just want to pray right now for anyone in this room, anyone watching, that this would be your moment of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. First, you know, you've got to believe that Jesus is exactly who 
God said He was, that He is the Son of God, that He died on the cross, that He rose from the dead, then you, you acknowledge your sin. You say, God, I'm a sinner. I've sinned against You. And I confess my sin and I ask You to forgive me. And the Bible says if you believe in your heart, if you acknowledge Him, you confess Him with your mouth, and you believe in your heart that God has raised His Son from the dead, you shall be saved. And so we're going to pray right now just a prayer because I believe. God put that little thing in me when I was a young, young guy. There's somebody right now being convicted. And so, Lord, we pray. Just pray. Let's all pray this out loud. Just as a reconfirmation of our faith. But some, it's going to be the first time. Just say, Dear God, I believe in You. And I need You. And I'm a sinner. And I believe that Jesus is Your Son. That He lived a sinless life. He died on the cross. And He rose from the dead. And I come to you by faith. And I ask you to forgive me of all of my sin. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness. From this moment on, I receive you by faith. And I give you my heart and my life. I choose you to be my Lord and Savior. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the power of heaven that I could live for you and do your will on the earth. And I thank you for salvation. I thank you that I'm born again, that all things are brand new. All things are passed away. And I thank you that you loved me, that you sent your Son in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, let us know. You guys that are watching over the web, you connect with us and we'll send you some information. But we just want to shout hallelujah. Anybody? It's Christmas. Hey, kids, it's Christmas. I'm a, I may even get up. You're not kids. But there's a little kid in all of us. Enjoy the day. Enjoy the season. God bless you guys. Have a great Christmas season. Amen.